Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about building great startups in sunny West Australia with people who've been there and done it or are living here and doing it. My name is Charlie Gunningham. And my name is Beth Cornelia. And today we have the great privilege of talking with uh, the wonderful Sam Birmingham and uh, his fellow board member on Startup WA, Chloe Constantinides. I hope I said that right, Chloe. Uh, so they're both, um, like I said, on the board of Startup WA, which is a local representative body or a peak advocacy, bo- advocacy body, as they told us uh, during yep. our interview, uh, for startups here in WA. And so, they also have their own startup experiences. It's quite interesting. We'll get into that as well. Both do. really excellent people doing really good work. Unpaid work on the board. Fantastic for Start WA. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really good listening, this chat, isn't it? It is. It is. So they have a lot of interesting little tidbits about yeah. how they operate in this space. So we really hope you enjoy it. We'd, of course, like to thank our startup new sponsors, ECU The Link, Think Lab Coworking, BDO Accounting and Finance. And, and of course, course, Alika. Alika, Thanks, yes. Alika, Thanks, Beth, for all you do with helping us getting the Startup West pod out. Okay, let's get on with the show and our interview with Sam and Chloe. So welcome, Sam and Chloe. Thank you so much for both being here. Uh, I guess to start off, it would be great for those listeners who maybe don't aren't from Perth or don't know about you. Um, can you give us a little bit of background? Are you both born and raised in Perth? And, and how did you get involved in the local startup scene? Ladies first. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Um, I am Perth born and raised, so I'm the only uh, Aussie born in the family, so with a bit of an international oh. background, but still nice to grow up here, and I definitely appreciate WA. Uh, the startup scene was, I was working in a marketing company uh, in tech and engineering, and then that evolved basically me getting an interest into development and that type of thing, and that evolved into a role in an app um, agency. Yep. There you go. Um, and my first point of contact was about 10 years ago, set up my own spectacularly failed startup. <laughs> um, we'll go into that later. And we will, no doubt. Um, and then through that sort of journey, just serendipitously found myself in this startup scene, first of all, by running just um, off my own bat, a little meetup for essentially failed entrepreneurs, right. um, just to sort of unpick some of the Drain scars and yeah, and share some stories. And through met, met people through that, like Brady McCulloch and Marcus Tan, and just all these zigs and zags from there, which led me to Startup Weekend and then to Polonizer and yep. Startup WA and all the sort of stuff we'll talk we'll about get on today. To all that. Yeah, absolutely. And because I'm going to embarrass you now, Sam, because I used to teach at Hale when you were there as a student, but I don't think I taught you. You didn't? But I didn't your do economics. was in my cricket team. Or something, yeah. and, and I can really embarrass right? you in return if oh, you like, Charlie. Go on, do it. Because while you were coaching the ten Bs, I was coaching the ten As cricket team. Were you? Yes. That's right. But the, you were in the first team. I was captain, please, Charlie. Wicketkeeper, please, <laughs> captain. No, captain. Captain, wicketkeeper. Nick was the wicketkeeper. Nick was the spin bowler. All right. So where did you, so how'd you get from Hale? So presumably I'm thinking there's a university and then there's maybe a professional job and then you're going, no, I'm going to start up my own startup. Yep. Correct. Tell us that story. So that there was about ten years missing there. That I so take? I didn't see you for about ten years, and then suddenly you're in Claremont doing Weeby.com. Correct. Okay. So, um, did finish school, went to university, studied law and economics. Uh-huh. So you're stomping around economics. Yep. Um, that was six years for me of a five year degree. Um, university didn't really click for me greatly. Um, was always running my own little side projects and bits and bobs during. Yeah. Um, but still probably didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, out of university through potluck, I ended up working for um, three 
pretty switched on um, entrepreneurial folks. And I think that sort of further lit my entrepreneurial flame, seeing um, them running businesses and being their own bosses and all the success they'd had. Um, They were in a different field to anything I'd ever really thought I wanted to end up in. Um, They're in property, Um, but it was more the businesses they ran off the back of that. So of all businesses, actually, the ones I learned the most out from with them was pubs. Um, So they were running a bunch of pubs that we all know and frequent. I'd been working at those pubs during university, so they sort of knew who I was and and that sort of stuff. Worked with them for three years. They run their own business? Um, Dad has always been a a lawyer, so essentially running his own sole practitioner thing. Um, I do have an entrepreneurial background through the extended family through farms. I actually put a little bit of it down to that. Um, And actually in a real kind of funny roundabout way, my grandfather ran a pub for a little while during (laughs) the Depression. Uh Um, So got out of farming then um, and Owned a pub in so tell me York. the Weeby story. I remember it was for, it was like LinkedIn for young professionals. Is that the idea? Notionally, yes. <laughs> um, before LinkedIn, as we all sort of got to today, what we yeah. recognise as LinkedIn, a lot of that was what I had in mind to create. Um, the point of difference I was really trying to attack was the young professional segment. Yeah. Um, at that time, social networks were reasonably new. Um, and I'd sort of seen that Facebook was this brilliant connector and, you know, provoking all these conversations, but there was no professionalism about it all. It was drunken photos and it was, you know, restaurant reviews and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I sat there and on the other hand, you had LinkedIn, which was really quite a state. It was really just a digital resume type service. Yes, 789. Um, and so I was, you know, hoping to combine the two, creating, bring the conversationality of of Facebook with the professionalism of LinkedIn um, and attack that young professional market. And again, it was all sort of based on the observations I'd had as a student um, who didn't really know what the next chapter of my life had in store. Um, And also then in that next chapter, you know, you're in the workforce, it's your first job, it's this whole new phase of life. You've gone from, in my case, 18 years of the learning phase. Um, You go into the next sort of 30 odd years of the working phase. No one Um, tells you how to do that. No, and so, it's really, you know, you yeah. study, you get a piece of paper, you walk into your first job and the first thing my bosses had said was essentially we don't really care what you've learned, we're now going to teach you what we need you to know. All that bit of paper gave us yeah. was peace of mind that you might be someone we can work with. Right. Um, reasonably bright. No, notionally. <laughs> um, yeah, so like there's, there's all these experiences where you yeah. go from getting your first paycheck and I remember I was on $45,000 a year and mm. I thought that was sensational yeah. and was happy to spend it every Thursday, Friday, Saturday <laughs> night. But you sort of then have to realise, okay, I want to buy a house. How do I go about yeah. that? Yeah. Um, you know, you could ask your parents for help, but they bought a house for... So $110,000 and it's on Weeby could go and give advice. Correct, like yeah, and learn from each other. Yeah, right. okay. yeah, so it was, um, you know, it was about professional advice. It was about financial advice. Um, it was some lifestyle stuff. I wanted to have political channels and current yeah. affairs and all these other things, you know, yeah, climate yeah. change, all those issues so that are near and dear. you ran it for a few years? It was yeah, working. ran it for a couple People of years. People were on it. It was, um, and I got to this sort of point where I went over to Sydney I'd say I'd had sort of early stage traction. Yeah. Um, went over to Sydney to pitch to a company called Pollenizer that just had its first big success, uh-huh. which was selling a business called Spreets for forty odd million dollars that they built in a year. Um, and I was this um, starry-eyed, probably a touch arrogant, but also without knowing it, absolutely exhausted Perth-based entrepreneur who'd yep. been slogging away for a couple of years on this passion project. Um, went over to Sydney expecting to come back with a suitcase full of money from yep. these you know, rich folks, 
um, and had this one day where I just sort of had this reality check um, going through a course that ironically I then went on to teach when I worked for Polonizer <laughs> a number of years later. Um, but it just, in this moment, just took me out of my comfort zone and I realised all of these mistakes I'd made along the way. And because I was so in love with the product of what I was trying to to build, I'd lost sight of, of some of the, the more important sort of fundamentals. Which um, are what? Solving problems for customers? Yeah, being problem-centric, problem absolutely getting, getting revenue, um, not trying to do everything at once. Like the biggest yeah. learning probably that day was that it's far better to go really deep with a really narrow segment yeah. than try to go really broad to appeal to, to everyone. And part of my value proposition of WeBe at the time was the one-stop shop mentality. Great in theory but really hard to, um, you know, to have every item of clothing on that rack to, yeah. to use metaphor. So, um, yeah, I learned all these great lessons and had this really um, pivotal day where I had to come back and tell my friend who'd invested in the business with me and was working for me that I couldn't pay him anymore and I had to wind it up and, yeah, um, yeah go through this whole um, essentially divorce, really, yes. from a business um, where you've put all your money and your sweat and your love and your tears into. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but eventually we got learnings. through the... Yeah, a lot and that of is, learnings. That right? is correct. So that's yeah. sort of bringing back to the polonizer stuff that was a yeah. chapter that opened up after that. But, um, you know, it probably did take me, I couldn't tell you exactly, I'd say six to 12 months of grieving. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but got to the point where I realised that it wasn't all just a sunk cost, like it wasn't all... Yeah. A waste. Sure, yeah. I I lost a bunch of money and and really important years of my life, valuable years of my life, but I got these great learnings that I could then apply to other people and I found a way through. Interestingly, you didn't go back to a professional job. You didn't go, Uh, oh, I've done that for a couple of years, didn't work, all right, now I'll be a lawyer or whatever. Definitely not to be a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did do some bits and pieces where I would go back in and, um, you know, I worked at Ironet for a little while and that was probably a a little safety net for me while I, um, you know, righted the ship and went back on. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, the bigger stuff for me was then going and telling the stories, like I said, delivering the same course that yeah. I was a, a st- student in, it turned out the very first version of, yeah. um, delivering those courses all around Australia for Polonizer. Yeah. Um, and Start up in Singapore. And, yeah, running uh, work in yeah. Singapore. And then we, that um, leads you to Space Cubed and Startup Weekend and everything we know you since. Yeah. For sure. Well, thank you so much, Sam. Over, just jump over to you, Chloe. So what's your kind of... What's your version of that story and how you kind of ended up where you are in the startup space? And, and you touched on it very, very briefly at the start. Can you mm-hmm. kind of extrapolate that a little bit for us and let us know how you fell in love with tech and startup? Sure. Um, so I was in advertising and marketing. That's what my first degree was doing. I worked in ad land and agencies and that type of thing. And that was great, but I was working as a marketing director for an um, R&D company. So we were building technological products from the ground up. Mm-hmm. I largely ended up doing a lot of product ownership and product development and sitting alongside engineers talking about capacitors and resistors and things that I previously had no knowledge of. So it was quite interesting. Um, I learned a lot about technology and software development through that and decided to go back to uni and do a second degree in interactive media. So I learned to design, code, 3D animate, all the kind of techie little bits and pieces that um, I find really exciting now, really enjoyable now. That then led to a job for an ASX-listed tech company called uh, App Labs. They had 
uh, a, a vision of what they wanted and myself and some co-workers wanted to roll out privately and run it long term as, as an agency. So we started Dapper Apps in 2015 and we built over 70 apps for a number of Perth startups, a number of WA companies. Uh, a lot of which, say which ones, some famous ones that we know? Uh, ScanCam, right. Loyalty App, which is run by um, Bronnie over at Niche Living. Yeah. Um, who else? There's a ton of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and ScanCam then we've, are going great. Yeah, yeah. and then we've well. worked with some big uh, like corporate clients like RAC. Yes. Uh, and also... Uh, so you build businesses really for app developers, app, app business, as well yes. as for corporates. Yes, yeah. correct. Adapters. So whether it's operational efficiency or a completely new social network, whatever it might be, that's... Mm. And you had a year in New York, didn't you? Or some time in New York yes. quite early on, like interning or something? That was very early days. That was yeah. um, in experience. the first degree. I was working on a climate change campaign for the UN and I got to work alongside all the top kind of creatives and wow. advertising agency land, so it's sort of the, the Hollywood of advertising. Yeah. <laughs> and I worked with Seth at the time, who was the CEO of Ogilvy, and we got to do very cool things. Mm. Unfortunately, the campaign wasn't successful. Yeah, no. uh, and the treaty wasn't signed in Copenhagen, but it, uh. um, it was an incredible experience. And yeah, So that's about 2012, sounds like. That was 2009. It was right, the Copenhagen um, Treaty in 2009. Oh, right, so, right, right. Yeah, it was intense but fascinating. So, And so then from, from Dapper Apps, you kind of jumped into working with some other startups yes. since then as well. Yes, correct. So we've worked with uh, Radit, who do CX, mm-hmm. and then a couple of others. One that I'm talking to at the moment that's in the um, – education space and other in social media and uh, e-commerce. Gotcha. So still area. top secret, but it sounds like, yeah, you kind <laughs> of go your fingers in a lot of pies, doing lots of cool stuff. Yeah. Both joined, and, and, and the reason we've had you on today is really to talk about Startup WA, mm-hmm. right? So Startup WA got going a year or so ago, and there's had a few changes in the board. You tell me what the vision of Startup, what, what is Startup WA, and then what, what you guys do on it, and then some of the things you're working with the government on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was involved in the first phase of it, so I might tell that story about mm-hmm. how it came together, if you like, and then I'll hand over to Chloe and she can give the current <laughs> update, so she's got some thinking time. Um, the organisation itself came together um, actually at the request of government, right. wow. um, which is sort of strange, but it was a couple of years ago now. Um, so when, previous government then. Yeah, yeah, it was previous government. The um, startup sector was starting to get more attention yeah. Um, lots and lots of energy. And what we actually had some of those folks um, come to us and say was, look, we're really interested in the space. Um, to be perfectly candid, we don't really know what we're talking about. We're hearing and seeing lots of energy and enthusiasm. We can go into a space cube or another co-working space or one of these events um, and just be astounded by the, um, the energy we're yeah. getting from these people and all the ideas they've got. But um, we'd really like some help from a few folks who um, are ingrained in that um, ecosystem and maybe just to help to one person as opposed to to several. provide yeah it was right. to provide that sort of yeah. a, um, a a trusted node if you like where they yeah. could come and, and understand the language at least. Um, so the the organisation was set up um, with myself, Brody McCulloch, um, Cheryl Frame, uh, Justin Starsky, and Zane Prickett. Yep. Um, Andrew Athwaite joined shortly after. I also had Mark Shelton from Bloom. Yep. Um, so that was the sort of the genesis of it. 
Um, and then over time, it's evolved as the, um, and it continues to evolve, but as sort of the purpose um, becomes clearer and then the vision expands slightly and then focus it back down. And So it's a representative um, body? Is it's a, it's a, um, you do a little bit of politicate with the political guys and you talk to both sides and do that and you sort of represent the community? Body. Yeah, and that's, that's, the, word, the, that's the word <laughs> I come back to. Is, um, is an, body. That's yeah, it's an advocacy body. body. I think Beautiful. a really important development in the last year or so has been more clarity around that representative model because that's still mm -hmm. probably yeah. a moving feast. But um, the, the most recent significant development, I would say, is just the um, evolution of our affiliate model, which is recognising that there is all these incredible co-working spaces and events and um, accelerators and incubators and funds and all these really important stakeholders in the ecosystem who all have different focuses. Um, some are, you know, morning startups running the very beginning catalytic event that people can come to and sort of see what's going on um, startup weekends the next step in the chain you know for people who want to then put ideas into practice there's all these different folks with different um, priorities and backgrounds and passions but broadly we worked out everyone's pulling in the same direction we want to all create or, or help make Perth and Western Australia um, a better more sustainable scalable place we from which to, to, to build startups a not-for-profit organization go through all that so and yeah, the board and the constitution and all the boring governance yeah, stuff, right, as I like yeah. to call it. Well, yeah, done. so that's all all done <laughs> yeah. um, and continues to evolve and you meet as the, the board regularly. And board meets monthly. Um, have gone through different phases where you know we had Sharon on earlier. She was one of yes. the people who was on there on the ground doing a bunch of the work. I've done that at different times myself. Um, nowadays, the way the board um, works is yes, it meets monthly. Um, but increasingly sort of turning to those affiliates and the network of other um, contacts to inform particularly policy development. So one right. thing that we worked on recently, which was actually um, born off something yourself and Matt McFarlane had done um, a little while ago with the previous government was around co-investment. So we had the signal from right. the current side government. Sidecar funding. Yeah, yeah sidecar. So okay. current government essentially said this is something we'd like to understand more about. Um, and essentially said, can you guys go out there and come back to us with a proposal based on what you've seen? Um, so we were able to use that early work that yourself and Matt did, bring in what we call delegates, which were five or six um, people from the ecosystem, but all different parts of the ecosystem, so they'd have that diversity of perspectives, bring them together to draft a policy that we could then take to the affiliate network, get their further feedback yeah. on, um, you know, run it past our partners and, and be able to sort of fine tune and, and um, package up what we think and, and hope will yeah. be something the government could then, you know, Do roll out in the next year or so. Um, yeah, I think they definitely do. There's still some phases we have to go through with them, but the good news is like they've, I mean, they tasked, not tasked us, but they sort of asked for our feedback. They've yeah. also tasked their own staff at Jetsy internally to do some work here. So we can now start, um, you know, it's sort of like a circle, bringing the, yeah. the, the loop in tighter and tighter Jobs, until we all get to something. Science and innovation. Innovation. <laughs> Jetsy. Yep. The, yeah. That's a great department name. Um, so a bit we, more. Yeah, a little bit more. Um, yeah. about yeah, I think... What other things are you working on the board? We've been... As a board, we, we meet monthly, but then we also yeah. are quite hands-on. We sort of roll up our sleeves and try and get involved as much as possible, which I think is not the norm with uh, a normal board of directors. But um, we're all kind of passionate about 
driving change and in doing that we're sort of looking at ourselves as a curated conduit between industry startups government media vcs angels and that's where we kind of see ourselves playing a part we're going through a big process at the moment working on resolving that strategy and ensuring that we're actually doing what's needed for the ecosystem so how, how in terms of operationally, how do you guys support the, the local community? Is that kind of the key focus? And I suppose the other question is how is Startup WA funded? What, what does that, that model look like? Yeah, um, there's a few mantras, I'd say, that sort of dictate how we support. I think the first step is to um, just to understand that Startup WA's purpose is distinct. Like it's, it's aligned but distinct from all of those affiliates and other organisations. So one thing we are really clear on is not duplicating. Like our role is instead of trying to do something that's already being done, no, shine light on the people who are doing it really well already. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a lot of the emails I find myself writing is when, you know, someone comes in with a new idea, we're not the first port of call for that, but um, we can be the roundabout. We can direct people to the co-working right. space where they can network with like-minded folks or the event that's coming up where they can put those skills into practice. Um, so that's sort of the first... Um, tenet of it all. In terms of how we're funded, it's through partnerships. Um, There is a degree, like previously we've done things like the Ecosystem Report, which are funded by, um, you'd call it more a sponsorship model, where government and the real beneficiaries of that report have come to us and it's been Mm -hmm. project-based. But in terms of ongoing um, funding, it's via our partners, which include the City of Perth, Mm -hmm. Space Cubed, Unearthed, more that we've got irons in the fire with at the moment. Um, and again, the, the thing with the partners is they're aligned to that overall vision of, you know, what we all would like to see. Um, be an obvious. Yeah, and that's where sort of the partnership model could evolve, I think. Yeah. Um, I suspect corporate sponsorships more linked to projects as well. Yeah. Because um, corporates but, need to think about this area, don't they? they? They've got disruption coming at them. They've got transformation required. What better way than to get involved with startups? Yeah, and I think that goes to the point Chloe was making earlier about us becoming that increasingly trusted conduit. Um, and whilst a lot of the early stage works when dealing with government, um, if I was being very frank, which I like to be... Please be frank. Um, <laughs> the... Like a particular perception on grassroots level is we look at what's happening in Queensland and Victoria and the money that's being thrown around by governments into startup ecosystem there and we are an order of magnitude or more below that in WA and whilst we could sit there and um, sort of beat ourselves up about that or whinge and complain, we can also look and see the great opportunities that are out there and we have industry here and like you said, they're all facing exactly the same challenges. They're saying um, we're hearing digital disruption, we don't quite know what to do. Yeah. Um, we'd like to engage better with startups and look at um, different ways to procure solutions to problems we're having internally. Yeah. Um, and we see a, an increasing role, I think, in that industry interface. Um, absolutely still work with government, but interface with industry, with universities, um, with all those other players um, and help all of them you know, identify the problems that they want solved and, and be the conduit for that, I think. Well, that's fantastic. I wish you all the best with that. It's great that you're doing it. I know you're doing it unpaid, all this, all this effort you're doing, which is fantastic. It's certain people in the community that really, really put, put in the hours, and, and you guys really do. So 
Please take that back to your board and wish them all the well with their exploits. Good luck with the politicians. Yes. Else <laughs> send them, send them to this podcast. They can hear the amazing yes. all the cats. <laughs> but we're going to finish with a quick fire round. Are you ready? We are. So okay. the idea is to just answer whatever comes to your head. Don't think about it for too long. Um, so we're going to go ladies. Just to clarify, we're going to go yes. ladies first Lady, on HLEs, yes, so perfect. I have more time to think of my answer. Perfect. Oh, that's very strategic. <laughs> so chivalrous. Very chivalrous. Okay, the single most important factor that makes a successful startup, Chloe. I'm going to say tenacity. Oh, that's yes. fascinating. That was actually an answer on our last podcast. Really? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And I'm going to say an open mind right. to being responsive to feedback. Insourcing or outsourcing? You're an app developer. You're going to I say am. outsourcing. <laughs> I actually am quite fond of outsourcing, outsourcing. until you can insource. Insource. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll and take the opposite perspective and say insource and do it yourself and maybe pull your aspirations back a little bit and do more validation first before you try rush out. Mm. Okay. Good. Awesome. Okay, should a startup self-fund or raise money? Self-fund if you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Self-fund, do it with sweat first and then try get the bit of money from customers instead mm-hmm. and that will send the signal to other investors that you're investable. PC or Mac guys? You're Mac. Mac. Yeah, yeah Mac. Mac as well. <laughs> both uh, Mac. Both Mac. Yeah. Beautiful. It's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> and uh, what podcast do you listen to? Uh, we listen to a bit of Seeking Wisdom. Beautiful. Listen to a weird one, Revisionist History, on the weekend about Elvis. And- okay. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> and I didn't even stolen my answer because I was actually recommended to the same podcast. Really? Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist um, podcast. Yes. And the other one I like. Sorry to be non-startupy, but Conversations with Richard Feynman. Yes, superb. Yeah, ABC. So very good. Brilliant. Cool. Okay, guys, fantastic. Thank you very much for your time today. Absolutely. Thanks, listeners, for listening. And we've got to thank our wonderful sponsors. We do. We need to thank uh, ECU, The Link, Think Lab, Coworking, BDO, and Alika. So I'm thanking myself yeah, there. Yeah, well done, Alika. <laughs> um, so if you do have the time and the inclination, we would love it if you could give the Startup West podcast a nice review, hit subscribe, yeah. share it with your subscribe, friends. Subscribe, wherever you find us on your podcast, review and subscribe so people can find us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you very much, Chloe. Sam. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Cheers, guys.